It was a time when pro wrestling was a pop culture phenomenon. Talk about your songs, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Pay-per-view quality matches live on free TV every Monday night. Monday, July 6th. Back at the battle between WCW Monday Nitro and WWF Monday Night Raw. It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch! What? It's me, Austin! It was me all along, Austin! This is Reliving the War with Simon Tackler and Nims Azul. You can call this the new world order of wrestling brother. welcome everyone to reliving the war live and exclusive on the gray wolf wrestling network my name is nims Azor, joined as always by my co-host simon tackler this is the podcast where we look back at the attitude era and the monday night wars and we relive it through the eyes of uh well i don't want to say scorn because there's a fair bit of nostalgia, but I can tell you right now, there was absolutely no nostalgia when it came to this pay-per-view. And uh, Simon, we're talking about Road Wild 1998. And if we go back through the archives of the two Road Wilds that we covered previously, it's not really a glorious pay-per-view for WCW, is it? Look, in some ways it is. Uh, I've got a list here. This was the ninth biggest pay-per-view buy rate in WCW history. People bought this show because they were sold the idea of watching Jay Leno, host of The Tonight Show, wrestle a match. And boy, did those people get suckered in and uh, roared out of their money because they did not get any value out of this. You are not wrong there. And remember, we're coming off SummerSlam in terms of the WWF pay-per-view. So they're on a red-hot tear. Now, normally during a WWF pay-per-view, our buddy Owen uh, jumps on board because he's never seen these. He was literally like less than five during this era. But uh, obviously, that ought to give you an idea about the quality of this pay-per-view that, uh, well, we all had to do it in sittings. But let's get straight into it because I'll start off with the positive. I thought that this was one of the better video packages that WCW started off with. And uh, because this had a big match feel to it, didn't it? Uh, (laughs) They really sold it as this is the biggest thing happening in entertainment. I've got to remember this is on the scale of WCW videos. So I guess it wasn't the worst, but essentially what it was, it was a voiceover who said, Hogan, then you'd see some footage, Bischoff, and then Mm. some footage. Leno, Page, all had exclamation marks, I'm pretty sure. And then NWO, Road, Wild. And then that was kind of it. But look, if that description didn't sound good, when it comes to WCW videos, like Nim said, that is as good as it gets. So, yeah, okay, A for effort there. But you're right, this did feel big. Coming back to back with celebrity matches, we had Dennis Rodman last month at Bash at the Beach. Now we've got Jay Leno. It was a big time in terms of box office for WCW. So you'll give him credit there, I guess. That was still in the mainstream here. Oh, you're not wrong. And the thing is, if if we look at... Now, this is... I've put the note down here. We've got to mention, because uh, I thought that uh, Owen especially wouldn't sort of appreciate just the, the sign of the times, because late night TV was the thing. Like, there wasn't... 
if you had to promote a movie or something like that, you'd do it on late night TV. It was so huge. It was the thing to do. It was the talking point. That's what people would talk about the next day. Leno was the biggest show on television. I actually did some, uh, went back and looked at the ratings. On average, The Tonight Show back in 1998 would get 15 million people watching it every single night. Now, that's pretty crazy. Jesus. And that's at 1130 <laughs> at night. Yeah. Yeah. That crazy, huh? And and of course, these days, you might, like, especially in Australia, we didn't get The Tonight Show on normal TV. You needed Foxtel. So to us, the only late night show most people knew was David Letterman, because that Letterman, would be yeah. on Channel 10. Here's the thing. David Letterman, you know, he's still on Netflix. He's still kind of out there. Conan O'Brien has become sort of a cult hero because of his longevity as well. In terms of ratings, though, neither guy touched Jay Leno. Jay yeah. Leno was the man. So you're right. For them to get him at this time, it's as big as it gets for TV. It is really huge. But let's get straight into the intro. Um, again, this is where WCW sort of trips up over itself a little bit because the boys at this, they throw to mean Gene Oakland after they do the spe- the regular spiel of like, you know, this is what's coming up, bloody bloody blah. But does mean Gene do a live read for American Iron Horse Bikes? They make him do this twice during the show. I, I thought we haven't, it feels like we haven't seen a lot of Mean Gene in the past few months, but for them to roll him out just to talk about Iron Horse motorbikes or whatever they're called, it was really weird because he doesn't have the hotline. He's yeah. not being indignant to a wrestler. He's just talking about motorbikes. And it's weird because he's just at the foot of the ramp on a bike mm. for about 30 seconds talking about how good it is. Now back to the commentary team. Yeah. Nothing all it is. Um, we'll get to our first match, which is Barbarian versus Jimmy, uh, Barbarian and Jimmy Hart versus Ming. So it's basically the faces of fears explode. And all I can say is there's a shot of the crowd and they just look like interesting characters. That's the best way I could put it. It's very, it's, it's a diverse, yeah, it's a very, it's a very, um, mixed sort of, uh, Sturgis crowd there, but, um, yeah, this match, probably not the best one to start off, is it? See, I was thinking the other way. I thought this would be a good match to start because it's just two guys beating each other up. They're not going to bore the the bikey crowd like we've seen before with technical wrestling. This didn't work either, though, so I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Meng and Barbarian, I thought this might be good. We've seen them have a lot of good tag team matches, but against each other, they cancel each other out. <laughs> this match was not good i've just put highlights about the match it was short and men and meng wins yeah i gotta say here i thought it was hilarious meng does the tongan death grip what a great move to be a finisher because even simple finishes can do damage to you we've heard hulk hogan say he lost four inches of height from doing the leg drop (laughs) and you know all these guys hurting themselves doing a finishing move meng just had to touch the other guy's neck and shake his hair, and the other guy would sell it, and all right, go to sleep. That's it. Yeah, one of the smartest men in the business. Uh, Hugh Morris also comes down to the aid of Barbarian, and they hold down Ming for Jimmy Hart to do a move off the top rope. Hugh Morris does no laughing matter off the top rope, and then out of nowhere to the biggest pop of the match, (laughs) Hacksaw Jim Duggan comes out for the save. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, you're right, got a massive ovation. When I heard the crowd cheering... I thought, are they cheering Hugh Morris doing a moonsault that loudly? Then I realized it was uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Also, kind of fun here, Hacksaw Jim Duggan saving Meng 
1989, Hacksaw Jim Duggan beat the former Meng, Haku at the Haku, time, yeah. to become King of the Ring in the WWF. <laughs> so now they're friends. What a strange twist of fate for them too. I didn't even, I completely, until I saw Hacksaw Jim Duggan run out, I was just like, he's on the roster? Because we <laughs> haven't seen him at all. He was one <laughs> of those guys WCW signed and just didn't do anything with because they signed him, they signed uh, Lanny Poffo, you know, they signed Honky Tonk Man, just Hogan's mates and did nothing with him. They even had Marty Jannetty as well, because I remember a couple of uh, yeah. Nitros, but I'm sure he, but I think he was actually on a pay-per-view, but we'll get to our next match, which is the Dancing Fools uh, versus Public Enemy. Um, Dancing Fools, of course, being Disco Inferno and Alex Wright, the German. Um, this is basically <laughs> a garbage match. Uh, and <laughs> in every sense in, of the word. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know where to start here, because when you have the commentary team questioning the logic and logistics of the match. It's not really a great indictment of, like, indictment of the match, is it? I don't know what happened here. It started as a tag match, and then you're right. At one point, it became messy because Disco got on the mic, and he was like, this is a street fight. And the commentators had to play it off like, I don't know if they were trying to say it always was or it just became one and they were going to roll with it. This was a confusing mess, but anyway, it's public enemy. How can you not have a garbage match? Mm. the the first The first sign of something's a bit off is when Tony Schiavone questions, "Why is the ref ignoring the weapons use?" And then yeah. Disco declares it a street fight. Was Disco it, it, meant to do the promo pre match and he forgot, and then had to like shoehorn it in? I don't know. Yeah. This is also one of those matches where it's a prime example of Bobby the Brain just doing his best to just pay out uh, Mike Tanay because Ale um, Disco, Disco Inferno and Alex Wright, they come out with a table and Mike Tanay is like, oh, they've brought out some ammo. And he's like, it's a table. Oh, he just completely <laughs> stops <laughs> Mike Tanay in his <laughs> Can oh, I just but... say, I had a question during this match. Tell me I'm wrong. Alex Wright, they used to say he was a cruiserweight for the time, but really he's quite tall and in you know fantastic yeah. shape here. If mm -hmm. Alex Wright debuted in the modern era and he debuted in NXT, tell me he wouldn't be part of Imperium and people oh. would tell you he's underrated and he's secretly amazing. I reckon 100%. That you are 100% spot on, but... This is the thing, like that era, Alex Wright. When they, remember when he was repackaged as Berlin? And Berlin, he had, yeah. And he had and he had the wall with him, and the wall somehow managed to get over more than he did. <laughs> yeah, it's hey, there was just something about Alex Wright in nine in WCW that just didn't quite work. It's a shame, but I honestly think in modern times it probably would work. It's he funny, would be Gunther. Well, we talk about like how there's a weird renaissance when it comes to th this era of wrestling. Like people are going um, wild over Glacier. Like he still does indie bookings. Mm. I'm sure if Alex Wright decided to do a couple of indie shows or a WrestleCon, the line would be huge, and they'd have we'd have hope, like huge amount of like people lining up going, "Oh, you! I always thought you were really good, man. Oh, you, know? <laughs> you were underused." Um, I think so we looked it up before. He was like not even as old as you'd think. You know, he he was like he's only forty seven. Which yeah. I know sounds weird, but yeah, he retired when he was like, what, 30? 30? 30? <laughs> you know, like, weird. It's anyway. Absolutely crazy. So I've got a couple more notes here. Um, Public Enemy bringing out a bunch of weapons. It's declared a street fight. But Mark Curtis, the ref, could not look more bored 
if <laughs> you paid him. It was crazy. He was absolutely checked out here. He wanted none of this. They used a kitchen sink. I will say they used a trash can that had actual trash in it. That mm-hmm. was a nice touch. It wasn't just your prop uh, sink. Also, at this time, I forgot this even happened. Tokyo Magnum was part of the Dancing Fools. Yeah. I don't know. I completely forgot about Tokyo Magnum as as in like the human being. Mm. Um, but what happens is Alex Wright cracks it at to- after Tokyo Magnum accidentally decks him. Then he leaves. Tokyo Magnum then leaves. So Disco's stuck on his own. And Johnny Grunge climbs up the scaffold because remember, this is out at Sturgis. So he climbs up one of the lighting rigs and goes off through the tables. But it looks like he just KOs himself as well as Disco. It's just... I, it's it's madness. He does it through three stacked tables. It's yeah. a nice spot. It, it actually broke how you would want. But what a stupid match. And I'll be honest, after this match, my patience started to wear thin. And I think I zoned out in every single match at some point. Oh, yeah, what, because what? We're, we're explaining all this madness with tables, sinks, uh, trash cans. The crowd could not care less. Yeah, it was so dead. It was absolutely dead. There was only one bit where they chanted for the table spot, and that was it. Hmm. But it, it was crazy. This is actually the point where when you talk about checking out, I actually stopped uh, the paper. I'm like, you know what? That's that's enough road wild for me today. I'll come back and finish it off later. But uh, we get to our next little spot, which is uh, Dean Malenko at the internet table. That's about it. He just looked like a very aggressive footlocker employee. <laughs> yeah, so he was the special rep. So he had the stripes on. Yeah, he was the manager who wasn't going to honor your refund. That was it. <laughs> uh, we get to our next match, which is Raven and Lodi versus Saturn versus Canyon. Now, all I can say is when Saturn comes out, his his attire, like his entrance attire, just looked like you know those default creator wrestler templates that used to get in the old SmackDown games. Absolutely, short tights, leather vest, and like a leather hat and sunnies. You know. The epitome of cool in 1998 for generic <laughs> wrestlers. Um, so this is a pin. Uh, uh, this is a falls count anywhere match. But what I thought was interesting was Tony Schiavone said pinfalls count anywhere in Sturgis. So if he <laughs> took him down to the main track, <laughs> anywhere will... in Sturgis, just not outside the city limits. You know. Yeah, yeah. I will say this is where things looked a bit up for WWE. So far, this is the best match of the night. There's, we 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 constantly beat this uh this dead horse, but Canyon severely underrated. Now he's away from Mortis. He's actually Canyon. Saturn also one of the most over guys here, and Raven was just on a tear as well. So it was it was actually there was some very cool moves. There was a, a cool belly to belly, belly to back suplex that went into a neck breaker combination by Canyon and um and Saturn. They actually do a fair bit of uh, double team moves that. I've never seen before or sits. Yeah, they, they did some innovative stuff. The crowd wasn't really into it still. It was kind of in this era, it was hard to follow a triple threat match, I think, for some fans, especially this kind of casual uh, biker fan. Maybe they didn't really know how this worked, but I don't know. I thought the crowd was kind of out of it. I will say, though, talk about innovative. Saturn hit a double chair shot, as in with one chair. He hit both Raven and Canyon in the head at the same time, and they both fell like a tree splitting when a lumberjack yeah. cuts it or something. I don't know. It was funny. Like you've just split a couple of pins in a game of bowling. Like <laughs> yeah, they just went yeah. 
Also, um, my favorite call here was Bobby Heenan uh, shutting down Tony Schiavone. I think Tony, so on the ramp, they were doing suplexes and the ramp was painted to look like a road. And Tony kept saying, oh, it was right on the asphalt, right on the asphalt. And Bobby was like, that's not asphalt. That's just the ramp or something. And Yeah. yeah. He's Bobby the Brain. He even dressed like he couldn't be bothered. It was just like oh, I really can't be. Yeah, asked Tony today. and Tanay were in leather and denim, and Bobby was just like, "I'm just going to wear a t-shirt, nothing else." You know, Bobby the Brain looked like the the sort of gear. Like, so if you had to clean your garage on a Saturday, whatever <laughs> yeah, you would wear it. then, that's exactly what Bobby the Brain Heenan was uh, wearing. Um, there was there was uh, another sign of the times, which is quite literally. The, the big red stop sign that's mm-hmm. become a, a fixture of WCW NWO Revenge, uh, which was used frequently. Saturn wins uh, despite some shenanigans at the end. And uh, what, what was Horace called? Because Horace, Horace Hogan gets involved, but he's not called Horace Hogan. I think they called him Horace Boulder, ah, right, which was, uh, I guess, a reference to people who knew because Hulk Hogan, before he was Hulk Hogan, he was Terry like Boulder. Terry Boulder. So it was a yeah. little insider thing. Also, speaking of names, we get Horace Hogan out here. We also get Lodi. Have we discussed this before? And did I not know this until now? But Lodi is idol spelled backwards. No, I have never put two and two together. And he together. has blonde hair. Is he meant to kind of look like Billy Idol? Billy Idol? Oh, my God. <laughs> I've, I've never put two and two together. Yeah, anyway, I don't know why that came. That's how bored I was during this match. I was <laughs> writing out Lodi and really looking at it. Well, funny you mentioned Lodi, because as I'm watching him there, I'm just thinking, how long is it before he teams up with Lenny and they do the West Hollywood Blondes thing again? Is that like still, oh, we're still a couple God. of months off that? No, I think we're not till Russo there, surely. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah. That seems very Russo-ish, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, we'll get to our next match, which is Psychosis taking on Ray Mysterio Jr. It's a very slow and plodding kind of cruiserweight match. And the crowd, again... Given it absolute donuts. <laughs> yeah, okay. I thought it was just me because at this point, my note was, so far, this show still sucks a lot. I thought this match would pick it up. It did not. This match was nope. really boring and yeah. slow. Um, I will just say, not enough is said about the shape that Rey Mysterio was in back here. I don't know yeah. what was happening. I think because in this era, compared to everyone else, we still thought Rey Mysterio was really really small but compared mm. to wrestlers these days Rey Mysterio is jacked he looks yeah. like bloody Hulk Hogan here it's so weird we yeah you always think Rey Mysterio got into this shape when he debuted in WWE but no for a cruiserweight he looked ridiculous here anyway good for him I, I think when I think when he unmasked and towards that tail end of the filthy animals, he kind of just went, ah, you know what? I don't really care anymore. Remember <laughs> Actually, when he started yeah, wearing right. like little <laughs> horns and stuff like that? I think he was in worse shape there because he didn't care and then got back into shape for WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, look, I've only put down here the only, the best way I could describe it, and I've written this down, the wrestling was uh, was good, but the crowd was not into it. It was like the very early pandemic crowds. <laughs> Do you remember when, when yeah. it was just like, in the performance center at Daly's Palace in AEW, like it was just they weren't buying what they were selling. But yeah, that no. it was, it was, it was what it was. Ray uh, Hurricane Run is psychosis right on his head to win. Yeah, literally yeah. on his head. That was the only highlight. <laughs> so, and that's that's the only thing that actually got uh, a bit of a pop. So, psychosis yeah. almost dying. So there you go. 
Yeah. Uh, we get to our next uh, match, which is Chavo with Pepe taking on Stevie Ray. Now, did the cameraman try and pe- Pepe? Did he? Like, I didn't notice that. That's pretty funny. That's all I can notice. Um, Stevie Ray comes out with the TV title. And all I could put down was, what the hell is the backstory to this? Because there's no video package beforehand. The commentators don't explain anything. It's it's weird. All I know is that, remember last month, Eddie Guerrero brought out Stevie Ray and then Chavo did the thing where he shook the his handshake. hand and yeah. gave up straight away. That way he would get his match with Eddie being fresh. But they somehow continued it and tied it to the TV title because Stevie Ray has the TV title. What a downgrade from Booker T, Stevie Ray is as TV champion. But they kept talking about how he's like the self-proclaimed TV champion. So did he not actually win it? Was he... All I I could think was Booker T injured. So Stevie Ray on TV said, oh, I'm the defending champ. I don't know. No one cared enough to strip him of the title or whatever. No one cared enough. It That seems to be the running theme throughout this entire pay-per-view. Apathy. It is just apathy mania <laughs> running wild here. Um, look, Chavo does a little callback to that handshake from the last pay-per-view. Uh, but Stevie Ray does not, you know, want a, want a piece of it at all. This is short and, it's, it's short and sweet. I've just written down here. Is Stevie just saying he's TV champ? And Stevie, say, Stevie Ray says he's going to continue the beat down until Eddie Guerrero runs out to stop. Hmm. And that's about it. Look, Stevie oh, Ray yeah. does hit the slapjack, which was his pedigree. And kind of a cool it. move. Kind well, of a cool move. Well, yeah, it's like a jumping kind of lifting pedigree. Mm, anyway, yeah. I'd rather someone um, slap me with a slapjack than watch this <laughs> show ever again. Oh, my God. Um, next up, we're back at the internet desk and Jericho is there and he is entertaining. Very, very entertaining. I did find it amusing that he called uh, Herbert Guerrero quasi juice. Uh, <laughs> that, that's basically it. Just, uh, I want to say here you with think of anything to add to that <laughs> with Chris, again, I thought about stupid things in this show cause it sucked. Chris Jericho yeah. here before he was really settled into who he was like really hitting the peak later on and establish everything of Jericho that we know. Did you notice his voice was really deep? Yeah. And then I started to think it was the same for The Rock and for Edge. And a lot of wrestlers, when they're young on the mic, for some reason, I think the instinct is to be like, well, let me talk a bit like... something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Before they just relax, you know, because even, yeah, they all those guys did it before they really settled into the voice we know. Mm. Um, we get to our next little well it's meant to be a match you hear Steiner line um, and it's brother versus brother Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner however JJ Dillon comes out to say the match is off Buff Bagwell comes out with an injured Scott Steiner there is a massive loud bullshit chant for Buff and Scott and the crowd is absolutely livid when JJ Dillon announces that this match is not going to happen but it will happen at Fall Brawl next month it's I, absolute BS. I can't believe they did this. Um, <laughs> out of all of the matches to cancel on this show, the two guys or two of the guys who were legitimately over with the Sturgis crowd, we've seen it in the past few years. It's the Steiner brothers, it's Sting, it's Lex Luger, and like the giant. There's a certain type of wrestler, <laughs> oh, and the outsider, a certain type of wrestler yeah. that this crowd likes, and they thought they were going to get Rick versus Scott and then they did this BS 
fake injury. I got to say, though, credit to Buff and Scott Steiner. Their yeah. shtick is pretty funny, faking the injury. But one thing I want to say, J.J. Dillon threatens them and says, WCW management has agreed that, Scott, if you don't wrestle Rick at Fall Brawl, you'll be barred from wrestling for life. So you're telling me you can bar him for life for just not wrestling Rick Steiner, but you can't bar the NWO for anything <laughs> else they've done, for breaking the law, for assaults backstage, for taking over Nitro. Not Vandalism, <laughs> all of that. And, oh. and it's not that they were like, hoo hoo, we don't follow your rules. Scott Steiner acts like he's very upset by that threat. So anyway. He does. He does. And, yeah. and remember, he's in full NWO garb too. So it's like, that's it. Rules. That, that's the one rule. <laughs> yeah. of the oh, NWO no. Was. Don't threaten me with the law. <laughs> um, look, we'll get to our next match. And I'll start off with uh, the, the first note, uh, which I said, the minute they said, from Hawaii, my heart sank. <laughs> Not another crush match. It's Brian Adams with Vincent taking on Mongo. Do we have to say anymore? Look, hey, Brian Adams, rest in peace. Vincent, get well soon. He's going through health problems, as is Mongo. Mongo. So it's a really tricky one to talk shit about. All (laughs) I'll say, you know this match is bad when one of the commentators has to call nerve hold on the trapezius muscle. It's one of those matches. Mm. I've just got three dot points here. Mongo grunting like an idiot. Uh, Mongo with... with right down here with like uh oh yeah with football charges you know um but he keeps doing it like when you know one move on smackdown on playstation one uh and then one of the worst chair shots on earth and mongo gets the win the chair shots okay i will shout out to bobby heenan again so vincent accidentally hits brian adams with the chair then mongo takes the chair and he hits vincent tony says Vincent gets the chair and Bobby says Vincent should go to the chair. I thought that was nice. <laughs> that was quite good. Yeah. So anyway, damn this match to hell. Yeah. It's look, I know that this it does seem like we're just ripping through this, but it is it's not a good pay-per-view. I'm sorry. No. You can't polish you can't polish it to it. It's I'm sorry. Um Mean Gene Oakland then has <laughs> another American Iron Man. Uh, Iron, Iron Horse Reed. And what do you say to this? What Not is... only with the bike, though. Here he was with the Iron Horse Girls. Mm-hmm. And he says, just like we have Nitro Girls, there are Iron Horse Girls. And then a sentence I never thought Mean Gene would say. I don't know if he's really a biker in real life. But he says, come on, bikers, let's crank it out one time. And he revs <laughs> it up. It's so funny. The other thing that I find hilarious is all of those girls, they do that generic, you know, late 90s, woo, you know, when, yeah. when you're like, it's kind of like that episode of The Simpsons, you know, it's like, you know, do you come with the car? Absolutely. <laughs> That's all it is. You know, everyone backstage said that to these girls when they were standing next to the bike. <laughs> and it's it's just such an awkward, awkward little segment, but uh, we soldier on. Look, we get, we get to a bit of a bright spot here, I reckon, in the pay-per-view because it's Hoover 2 Guerrero versus Chris Jericho with Dean Malenko, a special guest referee, and business picks up a little bit. And according to Mike today, Dean Malenko has referee experience. Yeah, we, we don't know when, but he's been a referee at some also, point. 
Is there also is there any reason why Chris Jericho is wearing like a kimono on his entrance? I didn't know, but then it all made sense because of his promo. So, excuse me, I almost threw up thinking about this show again. <laughs> oh, the Jericho. Honda. The Chris Honda Jer- thing. Exactly. He's playing oh. into the weird racism of biker culture <laughs> because he's in a kimono and he says, I'm a real biker. I drove my Honda motorcycle through Sturgis, a real bike, because I'm a true biker. And yeah, the kimono. Uh, the there crowd. were no Japanese people on the show. So Chris Jericho, <laughs> by proxy, was the Japanese representative. <laughs> because remember, it- they did bike versus bike a few years ago. Medusa versus... Uh, like Bull Nakano or Bull someone? Nakano with, yeah. with Sonny Ono. Sonny Ono, yeah. It was yeah. bike versus bike, Harley versus Honda. So there you go. Yeah, I've just written here, Jericho with cheap heat like a mofo. Crowd is very much into this match, though. They finally picked up. Do you reckon it's just like they just wanted to wait till the sun went down? <laughs> Maybe. There was glare in their eyes. They couldn't see the wrestling. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, exactly. Shout out to Chris Jericho, though. Yeah, his heat from the promo at least carried into the match and made the crowd care. Also, he said... He's done this on a pay-per-view before. He said, I want you to want me. He was really trying to make that one of the catchphrases out of the, mm. the early days. Anyway, Tanay though, with a good call, and I can't believe I'm giving Tanay credit, but he said, after he said that, Tanay said, well, he is the master of the cheap trick. Nice reference there. That is a cheap trick song. So <laughs> very nice. Yeah, they were really trying to shoehorn any form of like 80s glam rock that he could sneak into a promo in WCW, <laughs> yeah. he would do it, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, look, other thing too, Dean Malenko actually does a great job of getting involved without getting involved. Yeah, he does a good job. So they were trying to really get over that. He wasn't on anyone's side early on. He had the same cadence for each man doing a cover. It was fine. Like, yeah, this probably was the best actual match of the show. Now that is not saying much, but <laughs> it's, it's but we feel like we do need to at least give some props when they're due, and mm. this is the very the tiniest of props <laughs> yeah. I should point out. So, um, Chris, um, Dean Malenko, there's a very cool spot with Hoover to Guerrero. He hits Malenko, and then Jericho uses that as an excuse to take out Hoovy with um the cruiserweight title. That doesn't get the win though, but it leads to a very nonsensical sort of ending because Malenko, so. He gets Hoover to Guerrero knocks him, like sort of bumps him, doesn't he? Yeah. So I tried writing down this ending as well. So it's very com- it's complicated. It's weird. Hoover is on the top rope, kind of doing punches to Jericho, but then Dean pushes Hoover off the top rope, and then Dean gets slapped by Jericho by accident, quote unquote. Then mm. Hoover runs into Dean Malenko because he's angry that Dean Malenko pushed him. Dean Malenko throws him, kind of. Hoobie, yeah. yeah, throws him over his own head, but lifts him all the way up to Chris Jericho, who's still sitting on the top rope, and then Hoovy hurricane runners him off the rope. It's a fantastic sequence. It's probably hard to explain, but it was very convoluted too, where it it almost pushed the limit of like this couldn't really this shouldn't have exactly yeah yeah because it's like are you trying to tell me that if that was um you know um charles robinson there that he would launch you (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a very Uh, cute ending that's the way to put it i think so look hoover to guerrero wins the cruiserweight title from jericho to 
mild indifference is the best <laughs> way I can put it from the crowd. Look, he's not Japanese, but he's Mexican. It's like, oh, the crowd are like, oh, we'll half pay it. And she's like, and he, we don't know he stands on bikes. Does he like <laughs> Japanese ones? Like, we're just so confused. So yeah, we'll what, just, you know, we'll politely acknowledge it. What do they drive in Mexico? Who knows? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Uh, so this is one of the most cr- crazy matches too coming up next because we've got the NWO Invitational Battle Royale. So it's basically Royal Rumble rules, but everyone starts off in the ring. You've got Scott Hall and the Giant and Scott Norton and Kurt Hennig representing NWO Black and White. They're up against the Wolfpack. So it's Hall, uh, no, sorry. So it's Kevin Nash, Wolfpack Sting. I love that anytime someone refers to Sting in the Wolfpack, it's always Wolfpack Sting. Wolfpack Sting, but, yeah. Yeah. And and I got to say, with the red face paint, it just looks like he's badly sunburned. <laughs> I love <laughs> Wolfpack Sting. I don't know. I prefer it over Crow Sting, to be honest. Like the, the Crow Sting we just had to live through. Hmm. Speaking of Wolfpack Sting, remember the weird era we grew a goatee as well? <laughs> I can't wait for that. Oh, that he loved crazy. incorporating facial hair, though, because remember, all throughout the later years and then TNA, he had the long flavor saver, like yeah. the, the double the real Shannon, Shannon Noll look. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was mega. Uh, yeah, so Lex Luger hasn't even bothered to get in a ring attire here. He's just wearing a pair of jeans and an NWO Wolfpack shirt. And uh, Conan actually gets a pretty big pop. I gotta okay, say. Okay, I was shocked. Honestly, every member of the Wolfpack got a huge ovation. Huge ovation Why wouldn't yeah. they love they love Nash, Luger, and Sting? We know that at Sturgis. Conan, I'll give him credit. They liked him. And he had a yeah. Wolfpack poncho. If they yeah. sold that, I would buy that. That was pretty <laughs> cool, to be honest. It was very cool. Um, so Hall does a survey because but he's there with the NWO B team and it's he's really going through the motions. Kevin Nash and... Okay, can I just talk about Scott Hall's promo? Oh, yeah, yeah. We love Scott Hall. We've said it before. He easily, like, consistently the best dude on every WCW show. Mm -hmm. This is where I think things start to go a bit downhill. He seemed legitimately out of it, and this is a guy who never messed up on the microphone ever. Did he get the survey mixed up? He did it backwards. he He did it backwards. He started, are you here to see the NWO Hollywood? which of course would get a bad reaction. Then he says Wolfpack because he had to run with it. And then WCW or whatever. And then he yeah. said one more for the good guys. And it it was awkward. And then Nash just comes out to do his own promo. <laughs> yeah, then Nash did <laughs> yeah. his own. Uh, and it's so weird because like Kevin Nash is full, you know, like Wolfpack in the his ass and all that sort of <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, hip-hop it's Kevin Nash gorgeous. is pretty funny. It's so funny. They love it though. Look, it, you know, because it's, Kevin Nash doing it, they buy it. It's just odd. And then and then credit again. I can't believe I'm saying this. Then Conan gets on the mic and the Sturgis crowd does all of the Conan catchphrases. Yeah. The full bowdy bowdy rowdy rowdy orale arriva. <laughs> yeah. It's just so crazy. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, I forgot about this. Goldberg is also in this match. It's a nine-man battle royal, and boy do the commentators hammer the point goldberg's never been in a battle royal goldberg has no experience can he win his first ever battle royal it's a nine-man battle royal that's not even (laughs) a third of a royal rumble who cares that's what you won (laughs) yokozuna won his first ever royal rumble he beat 29 men he's a big eight guys anyway 
two of which eliminate themselves. <laughs> yeah. And also, this is a company who has a 60-man battle royal. <laughs> Yeah. I'm pretty sure Randy Savage won his first ever World War Three or whatever. Anyway, it's Back honestly Scott Hall. Scott, Scott Hall won World War Three last year. Is. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I watched the intro to this match, and then my mind literally switched off. I didn't watch a second of the action. You are the only one there. I can tell you because. I, I once Hall and Nash eliminated themselves. All I was thinking in my mind was just like, because they they introduced Goldberg as from parts unknown, but they've spent the entire time talking about how he's a former Atlanta Falcon. <laughs> like we that. know we're Atlanta. Used to, <laughs> they used to bill him from parts unknown. Still, in That's this amazing. match, he's, he's from parts unknown. The note I've got: Goldberg is from parts unknown. We know he's from Atlanta. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but look, I said Goldberg is mega over, but the match is a mess. Um, oh, man. It uh, is a mess. Goldberg playing plays like a video game character here. He even does the Undertaker sort of sit-up. It's just... It, oh, to, to its credit, the match uh, is over with the crowd. They like it. Oh, man, especially the ending. That was the only bit I watched. When Goldberg speared the giant and then jackhammered the giant, it's always impressive. I don't care if Giant wasn't as big as he was at different points. Very impressive. Yeah. Hell yeah. And and like I said, post-match, you want to think during the match, they did a hell of a sell job for Goldberg. The commentary team, <laughs> they might as well have made it seem like, you know, he just cured polio because <laughs> he was, they, it's just like, oh, he's only, he's like, a, do we, and then the best part about it, when they start talking up the match, uh, Mike Tanay is like, do we add each individual person? Does this count as one win for his streak? Or is it eight people that he's defeated? Like, just That was ridiculous. I know. I don't... They laid it on so thick with Goldberg at this point. I can... It's almost reminding me why, as a kid, I started to resent him and hate him very mm. quickly. The fake streak, the fake crowd cheers, the commentators not letting up. And I love Bobby, Bobby Heenan, but honestly, the way he would say demand kind of annoyed yeah. me too, for whatever reason. <laughs> Everything was annoying about it. Like, I like Goldberg and, you know, good for him. But at this time, you know, it, it was too much. Yeah, very much so. Um, we get finally to our main event, Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff versus DDP and Jay Leno. And Michael Buffer's intro is next level Michael Buffer. It is that, it's got that much salt and pepper on that steak. Um, that you will not believe it. Like, you know, he, the hyperbole meter is cranked to the max, but... Is it, though? To... Is it? Mm. I will say Michael Buffer, maybe they didn't pay him that extra amount. He holds back on one bit of hyperbole. I thought it was so funny that Michael Buffer, of all people, would put a qualifier on this. He says Hulk Hogan is probably the most recognizable face <laughs> in pro wrestling. Why did why do you say probably? And for for every for, out of all the wrestlers in history, <laughs> Hulk Hogan, very weird. I thought that was odd. That almost uh, felt like that's Michael Buffer being passive aggressive. Also, yeah, you, I'll yeah. say you're good, but not that good. Anyway, uh, so we get to we'll get to the match now. Interestingly, the crowd starts off with a Hogan sucks chant. They're that into Leno. They do. To be fair, Jay Leno got a 
big pop with DDP and Kevin Eubanks, who was the leader of the Tonight Show band. He was jacked. Kevin mm. Eubanks looked like he should have been in the match. He had a cutoff Tonight Show <laughs> business shirt with his arms oiled to the max. Put it this way. Do you, if you remember what Virgil used to look like uh, <laughs> oh, back yeah. when he was with Million Dollar Man, that's what Kevin Eubanks looked like. And to, to also give it a, a bit of like, if we were doing like alternate universe booking, that would be like Paul Schaefer coming out with David Letterman. But if Paul Schaefer was Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I just say um, to you, Nims, and I mean this, and to everyone listening, Nims, can you get on Google right now? Mm, yeah. And can you type in Kevin Eubanks Heat on heat. Eubanks, heat on heat. So this was one of his old jazz oh my albums. God. The heat of heat. What the hell? The, the, heat, the, of heat, heat. the heat of heat. Just look at the cover of oh this my album. Stars. That is... That's basically his ring attire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He looks like... He looks like... um, uh, Almost like a budget version of... Uh, Oh, what was it? Arsenio Hall. <laughs> <laughs> he does. But if Arsenio Hall was jacked, like, oh my god, that is so a this hilarious is... cover. So Kevin Eubanks, he's got form when it comes to uh, do look, do yourself a favor right now, because you're not missing much if you're doing a watch log. Just Google Kevin Eubanks heat of, the heat of heat, heat of heat. Sorry, heat of heat. It's it's amazing. It is. Wow, that's uh oh, and you can even get a digital mastered copy from Amazon for just uh let's have a look. 9253 <laughs> It's oh, in high demand. Jeez. Can you now the next one? Kevin mm. Eubanks, promise of tomorrow. I thought I'd do it in levels. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> you got that one? Oh it was... Oh Jesus. <laughs> God. Is he allergic to shirts? <laughs> Do you blame him? He's fully wow. topless and oiled. He, and... He's oiled to the max. <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. Oh, good. It's in stock in Amazon. And how much is this one going to be, guys? Oh, I see. I've been given a, I've been given a code. Like, sorry, uh, we need to make sure you're not a robot. For best wow. results, please make sure. Does someone think I'm farming Kevin Eubanks? They don't want those pirates stocking up on all the Kevin Eubanks <laughs> and putting them on the black market. Oh, that promise of tomorrow is only $38. Not, as, not as sought out as the heat of heat. Well, that's a shame for, for poor Kevin. I wonder if he actually sees any of those dollars. <laughs> I hope so. Um, let's get back to the match. The crowd is well into it. Um, but Bobby the Brain Heenan, he must be like, you can tell what era he's from because he's making a lot of Tonight Show like with Johnny Carson references. Yeah, I thought that was weird too because he did the Johnny Carson intro. He was like, here's Jay. And yeah, just running through classic Tonight Show stuff. Yeah, but Johnny Carson Tonight Show stuff. Like, did he, yeah, had yeah. he not watch Leno and he just <laughs> thought, ah, oh, well, he's probably doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, he probably does everything the same. Yeah, and and he there's even a bit too where um when Kevin Eubanks gets involved, um Bobby the Brain goes, Well, you won't see Doc Severinson doing that. Now Doc Severinson was the he was the uh, the band leader on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Oh, Johnny Carson okay. finished doing the Tonight Show in nineteen ninety two. It's nineteen ninety eight. 
Who is going to get that reference? <laughs> yeah, I, I, the only well, reason I know that is because I'm a late night nerd. Like, I love late night TV. That's the only reason I know was that. old Doc even still alive at this point? You know, that's actually a very good point. Let's see. You know, like uh, he'd be a guy that would be old. Well, he was born in 1927, and uh, wow. he's still with us. He's 95. He's still alive now? Oh, my yep. God. Wow. Yep. Good for him. Oh, jeez Louise. That's, yeah, so that part I thought was interesting. Now, i got to say, Jay Leno takes a fair few bumps. He's, he's actually gone. He's all in on this. He does a better job, which isn't saying much, than Dennis Rodman <laughs> did last last month at Bash of the Beach. He does a better job than the guy who fell asleep on the apron. You're right. <laughs> he passed that bar. I will say, though, you, I thought this match was going to be built around Leno never tags in, then right at the end, he tags in because there's no other option and he gets Bischoff. You're right. He was in the ring a few times. Uh, at one point, he's like threatening Hogan to hit him or whatever. He's like, come on, hit me. And he's pointing at his chin. And his chin, yeah. And, um, you know, I think Tony says, oh, you know, pointing at his chin, that's the target. And Bobby says, I can hit it from here. You know, everyone got <laughs> yeah. to get some some chin jokes in. <laughs> Um, I got to say, so Jay Leno, master of the armbar, which is great to see. And uh, that the was all thing... just for the photo op. Jay yeah, Leno 100%. puts the arm lock on Hulk Hogan, who drops to his knees. Hogan knows how to play the game. Mm-hmm. Sell for the celebrity. This will be on the front cover of. And it was. It was. Yeah. 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 Or USA Today or Us Weekly or whatever the Mary hell. Mary Hart would have done this as the top story on Entertainment Tonight. Yeah. And the thing is, like with this with this sort of match, like yeah, it's very much a PR stunt, and no one ragdolls like Eric Bischoff as well, which is something else I just want to quickly mention. But it is kind of crappy that Hulk Hogan shows more offense, um, like shows more, um, like he sells more in this match than he has for the past two years against Sting, against <laughs> DDP, against Macho Man Randy Savage, against Ric Flair, against, like, you know what I mean? It's just, it is it's that kind with of Malone too. He would do yeah. that a lot because you know why? They're not a threat. They're not going to be back next month. They're not taking yeah. the spot, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, mm, that's why he's the man, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Look, the finish is Kevin Eubanks does can't believe I'm saying that. Kevin Eubanks <laughs> does a diamond cutter, um, which then gets to the worst pin from Jay Leno, where he sort of cradles the leg. And also, it's almost like he's trying to pick up Eric Bischoff because <laughs> in, in putting his arm around in a kind of in a semi headlock, he lifts one of J- um, Bischoff's shoulders up the mat. But they everyone just has to just play along count the pin and that's about it i've always wondered about those pinfalls because there is some like um thought to it because when you cradle the head it forces the shoulders to stay down i think it's like an amateur wrestling kind of thing oh, yeah but in practice yeah 90 percent of the time when they cradle the head it just lifts the shoulders well, it's the shoulder in yeah. pro wrestling yeah yeah so look uh that's about it they get the win and then post-match they do. There is an NWO beatdown until Goldberg comes out to make the save. Good thing that he bought the championship belt with him as well. <laughs> Around his waist. He looks yeah. so stupid. Anyway. Um, and then the after they clear off the NWO, it is the worst, like, you know, everyone's standing tall, like at the end of Bash of the Beach 96, while they all link hands. Do they not know how to link hands? And like, or no, <laughs> are they trying to find the hard cam? 
it's just it's so strange yeah this ending was so awkward so it gets a big pop to be fair kevin eubanks diamond cutter jay leno celebrating goldberg coming out big celebration we get pyro and then i checked the time there was five minutes to kill Mm -hmm. of absolute nothing so in that five minutes they literally go back to the commentary desk and they just sort of waffle on for about four minutes 30 and then throw to a full brawl commercial (laughs) they're like now let's take a special look at full brawl and it's just an ad and then the show just goes off air just the ad so look now actually there is one one more thing that they do they say coming up next so this would have been just for the live crowd um they say coming up next travis tritt is gonna play and i was like who the hell is that he's a country singer and nims and everyone can you please google travis tritt and just take a look at this this person he is rather a hilarious looking person travis tritt american singer songwriter oh wow just he look looks at like, him. Uh, I, um, <laughs> I, how do you describe this? This is, uh, this is, he's just an odd looking man. He has kind of a straight mullet and weird blue eyes and a kind of like a puffy little, face like a, and a, a buffon sort of thing. <laughs> anyway, odd looking um, man. Actually, here's a weird reference. Do you remember the comedy duo Hale and Pace? Yes, he, he looks like, like he looks like Hale. He looks like Gareth Hale with he looks a fake like Gareth mullet. Ha- it looks like Gareth Hale with a mullet and and one of those Instagram filters that smooth <laughs> your face. Now look, we've just trashed him. We're not male models, and you know, good for him. Now, for him, yeah. now you want the real shock? Type in Travis Tritt wife. Travis Tritt. You want to talk about? Batting above your average. Or oh whatever. my stars! <laughs> Jeez Louise! <laughs> Jeez, he looks like a nitro girl. And they have been married for for like twenty five years plus. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't just some yeah young wife that he found. Like, good for this, him. Good for you, dude, Travis. Tritt. Travis must have a hell of a person. I can't. It's so it, he okay. <laughs> the the only way I can also pitch it because when you Google Travis Tritt, and sorry that we've descended this episode into just Travis Tritt slander, <laughs> but he all in every picture I've seen from googling his album covers to him to all that, his face is exactly the same, and it's like a face scan in WCW <laughs> NWO Revenge. <laughs> He's almost like the best way I could describe it is it's it's Gareth Hale mid face more to Michael Hayes. <laughs> yes, that is amazing. <laughs> Gareth PS Hayes. <laughs> Can I just say I, I just found this article while we were talking, an interview about him discussing his wife. <laughs> we don't know anything about him, but this quote. He said, living up to my image was never tough because that's who I was. I was a rowdy outlaw, hell-bent for leather guy. (laughs) Then it even calls him Travis Tritt, country's bad boy. Oh, my God. Would not have thought he was. And he said, I made up my mind. I was a bachelor for life. He even had a song. Actually, this should be a wrestling catchphrase. If anyone's a wrestler and they're listening now, please use this in a promo. 
his famous song, here's a quarter, call someone who cares. Oh, and that's fantastic. Call someone who cares is in uh in brackets or whatever. That's, Man, that's bad. Here's that's a quarter. Bad. Call someone who cares. Call someone who cares. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's off the it's off the album. It's all about to change, <laughs> featuring other hit singles like "The Whiskey Ain't Working" <laughs> and "Lord Have Mercy on the Working Man." <laughs> are these real songs? Or are you making these, it up? No, these are real songs. <laughs> okay. Wow. We wow. should have watched the Travis Tritt concert instead oh, of Road Wild. God. Uh, it's it's funny too because before obviously that breakout hit that uh, went to number two on the U.S. country charts, I should wow. point out. Uh, here's a quarter brackets. Call somebody who cares. Um, the first the first is his previous album was Country Club, which is features the single "I'm Gonna Be Somebody." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, look. In terms of to put it into like a modern day sort of um like analogy. I'd say Jay Leno getting on Road Wild 98 is kind of like Logan Paul getting on SummerSlam in terms of, you know, pop culture relevance. The only difference is he doesn't have the athletic capabilities of Logan Paul. No. Notice how how after Logan Paul, people are like, whoa, I'd love to see, like, I can't wait to actually, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I can't wait to see the other Logan Paul and Logan Paul in the ring again. Whereas with Jay Lenny, you're like, well, that was a thing. Look, Logan Paul has ruined the scale of celebrity matches. And honestly, mm. even Same with Bad, Bad Bunny. Bunny yeah. And yeah. Um, he doesn't really count, but uh, old Pat McAfee as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, can I just say, sorry to ruin the mood. <laughs> yeah. I should have Google Travis Tritt. <laughs> in 2019, gonna... he was involved in a fatal car crash that killed two people. So <laughs> living up to his bad boy image. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Anyway, he's still alive. That is just terrible. Hopefully he wasn't drink driving. Can I also point out too, um, that uh, when you look at his uh, under his personal life, it's like Trit married his high school sweetheart Karen Ryan on September 1982. Um, then we've got uh, his political views, which are questionable to say the least. Oh, I could imagine. But, but the but the bit that made me laugh was on October 18, 2021, Trit made an appearance on conservative commentator Stephen Crowder's show, Louder with Crowder. Oh, of course, he was on Louder with Crowder. And then the next dot point is alleged paranormal encounters. <laughs> yes. He was abducted by aliens. I guess you would think that if you looked like him and married his wife. <laughs> you look like that. Oh, look. So, look, it's going to be a hard one, but strong, strongly, <laughs> strongly not recommend watching. If you're going to watch anything of this. Even the Jay Leno match takes half an hour, and it's half an hour of your life that I I feel like you can do better with. Yeah, this might be the first show I might say, honestly, just skip it completely. Don't even yeah. bother. The MVP is Kevin Eubanks. And <laughs> yes, yeah. And that's it. That's, that's about it, really. You, you can't do any more than that. Like, enough. I know we've probably just spent like the half, the, the, the past hour just absolutely crapping all over this, but it really is a horrible pay-per-view. I don't think even in the dregs of the new generation WWF, 
did we see anything as bad as this? It's not awful. even close. We would at least no. get a Brett match or a Sean match or a Taker match <laughs> or an Austin match. And those guys put in effort, even when the company was at its worst, even when morale was down. This whole roster combined with that crowd, no hope. I yeah. thought this show was going to be so bad. I couldn't keep just writing bad and sucks. I mm. looked up the th- thesaurus synonyms for that. <laughs> <laughs> this show was awful, atrocious, uh, amiss, inadequate, not good. It was all of those things. Just don't bother. Yep. This is a hard pass uh, for the WCW run in 1998. Thankfully, it does end the celebrity uh, run of matches. So uh, we look forward to see what happens at Fall Brawl in a couple of weeks' time. But <laughs> no, our we next... don't. We know what happens. <laughs> Yeah, we, we do. don't look forward to full brawl. Well, after you have this, you, anything's any when once you've hit rock bottom, they not only have they hit rock bottom in terms of paper, and good on them for getting a great buy rate. Absolutely, clearly, clearly, um, the the suits of WCW felt the pressure and just like we need to do something, but that was just it. It was one off. It was a one off peak. The rest is a trough. <laughs> That's about it. Um, our next paper that we're going to be covering is uh and you might notice that we didn't go through our mvps because there really isn't there really isn't the mvp is you at home the viewer (laughs) if you sat through this (laughs) yeah um so next next month we've got wwf breakdown in your house uh which is good that'll be a nice little palate cleanser to get rid of this but uh make sure you delve back into the archives at Grey Wolf Entertainment, uh, Grey Wolf ENT on all the socials if you want to check it out. Keep your eyes out for the next edition of Reliving the War, and we'll catch you next time for WWF Breakdown in your house. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.